day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to the Natural Choice Network, a local platform and meeting place where sustainable living comes live. Natural Choice and the Natural Choice Network directories have many great ways for conscious community to connect, stay up on up to date on green resources, natural health, natural food, and mind spirit. You think I've done that a few times, right? <laughs> and you can also stay connected right here with me every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, while people can argue over the cause of climate change, no one out there can argue that the climate isn't changing and that we're going to have to make some big changes in order to adjust to this new normal of extreme conditions. So Lad Smith and his partner Mark Guile of In Harmony Sustainable Landscapes have been advocates and educators on eco-friendly landscape and gardening practices and design since 1994 right here in Puget Sound. And Lad Smith is with me here today to talk about the changes that they've witnessed firsthand and like literally with your hands in the dirt, right? Literally. <laughs> Over the last 25 years. 25 Happy anniversary, years. too. Thank you so much. It's yeah. gone by fast. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank I'll, you. I'd love to have you back. And back in 1994, when you just started, I'm, I'm assuming very few people were even talking about climate change. And, and now it's pretty much what everybody talks about. Yeah, we don't think this was on anybody's radar, you know, 25 years ago, really up to about 10 years is when we started really a lot of more information coming out and uh, people becoming more concerned about what they were seeing over time. Yeah, and just the changes in the last decade, what are you hearing about most these days? Well, I think for the, especially the Pacific Northwest is that we're seeing extremes now where, you know, we just came out of five years of really hot, dry summers. Um, this last summer was kind of more of a typical Northwest summer. Yeah. I remember when I moved up here, you yeah, know, where it was like absolutely. drizzly all the way up till July 5th and then <laughs> started raining again in August, you know. My tomatoes were terrible this year <laughs> oh, and no. I was getting spoiled. <laughs> Everyone's sad, you know. And I have some people who, you know, have been living up here for three or four years and this year they go, well, this summer sucked. And I go, no, this is about <laughs> this what is... we're using. I, yeah, exactly. You were just very fortunate to get those nice summers, you know. But, but I think what we are finding is that that's uh, this intensity of mm-hmm. heat and lack of water during the you know spring and summer months now. And then we're seeing more rain coming down in the wintertime. So we're having more intense storms with more amount of rainfall coming down in winter. Well, yeah, it's just like everything is escalated. Correct. Correct. So it, it's it's climate chaos. Yeah. You know what I mean, because this, this, these are really taking uh, um, regular weather patterns and really intensifying some of these weather patterns. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the um, lightning and thunderstorm oh. come through here. I, and like I've been to over 2,000 strikes. Correct. And I've never seen mm-hmm. that up here. You know what I mean? But it's like things are changing. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be right back after the short break with much more. So please stay tuned. If you're looking for reliable natural care, the internationally recognized Tahoma Clinic and Dispensary may be just what you're looking for. Dr. Wright, the clinic's medical director, is a well-respected leader in the field of alternative medicine and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. The clinic emphasizes a science-based approach. Many of its treatment protocols are based on its knowledge base of over 40,000 published articles in its library. To find out more about Tahoma Clinic and its three locations, call 425-264-0059 or go to naturalchoice.net, keyword search Tahoma. Have you been counting sheep at night? It's time to look for a new mattress. Holy Lamb Organics is a local manufacturer dedicated to creating exceptional natural bedding products using sustainable production processes. They offer a line of organic bedding for your complete natural bedroom. 
no dyes, no chemicals, no synthetic fill, and most importantly, no more counting sheep. Have a natural sleep tonight. To learn more about the best options for you, call Holy Lamb Organics at 888-359-1362 or go to naturalchoice.net. Keyword search, Holy Lamb. Your mouth is the portal to the rest of your body, and the mouth is where wellness begins. At Ecologic Dentistry, we believe in giving our body the ideal environment in which to heal itself. That's why we choose to offer natural, minimally invasive, and least toxic solutions. Our services include mercury removal, ozone therapy, and herbal and homeopathic dental care. Ecologic Dentistry is the natural choice for your dental care. Call 253-863-7005 or go to naturalchoice.net. Keyword search Ecologic. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. I am Deborah Stelfox, owner of Divine Matchmaker, and you are listening to the Natural Choice Network at Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. I'm here with Lad Smith of In Harmony Sustainable Landscapes, and we're talking about how climate change is having a big impact on our landscapes and what we need to do and need to learn to deal with this changing reality. Um, so just how impactful has climate change been to our local landscape just over the last few years? I'm well, we're starting to see more and more uh, <clears throat> uh, more and more things showing us that this is progressing yeah. to a point that we're, you know, we really need to make changes. It's not an anomaly. It's the new normal. Correct. Correct. And yeah. there was a, a, um, a, a article talking about how we're starting to see our our regular native trees around here, the western hemlock, the big the big leaf maple and the. Western red cedar, where they're starting to die off, they're dying and, uh, like crazy, yep, and the amount correct. of, um, you know, even though they're deciduous, uh, there's, you know, those the, the pine, like you say, that'll get kind of really that really rusty correct. kind of kind of dead, and some of it, just some, just a little bit would fall off sometimes correct. after a dry summer, but now it's just like the whole tree is turning that way, right? And I think what we have found is that. You know, they, these plants could get by one or two years if they have like, a, you know, a little bit of a drier mm-hmm. summer. But we just came out of five years of literally almost no rain coming out of the sky during the summertime. Um, and so these plants are starting to show the effects. And uh, it's cumulative. Just, yeah. And you can see the dotted in the in the whole, you know, just the mm-hmm. forest landscape, the urban forest that these trees, you know, in, even in their forest areas are having struggles. But when we put them into our urban environments where we're surrounding them with concrete and impervious yeah. Uh, surfaces and stuff like that, these plants are really having a struggle. Well, I'm um, finding that even some of my Jap- my ornamental Japanese yep. maples, Yep. one of them just died this, you know, just a couple of weeks ago it started going out. And I go, gosh, I wonder if that was part of a cumulative effect because yes, we're finding is. we have to water things more often because it's closer to another tree. Correct. So Correct. is that kind of one of those examples of something that we're not going to be able to get away with anymore is having, you know, trees that used to be able to be you know, more close together, we're going to have to give more, you know, more breadth around each of them to be well, able to think absorb more key, and not fight for that water. I think what we're finding is that we're just going to have to water more. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're close together, a little bit further apart, is that, you know, we've kind of gotten to this mode that we don't water up here in the Pacific Northwest. And part of it's being environmental, trying to conserve water. Yeah. But we're trying to see, especially with trees, and trees really are a huge answer. I mean, for all climate change and stuff, it's like... We want more trees, A lot more. I read an article. They said if we could plant a trillion trees, that we could reverse this and stuff like that. But that's a lot of trees to plant, you know. But it's not only just planting new trees, but it's also taking care of the ones that we already have 
existing right now. And the number one thing that we can do for those trees is to water. Yeah, well, you know, so it's like a short-term thing. So it's like ultimately, even though it seems kind of intuitive, if we plant more that we have to water, we have to worry about water. Right. At the same time, if we can just, it's the bridge. Correct. You know, just water them to keep them going. And so they can start creating a canopy and start, you know, creating, you know, some of the the changes that we need in the positive direction. Correct. Correct. Plus, they're the lungs, you know. I mean, they take in all of our CO2 and they turn it, revert it back out to oxygen. And they're really the largest sink, sink. Uh, trees and soils are the largest sink for carbon. So if we can just have more carbon going down into the soils and more carbon being set into trees, then that's where a lot of this carbon problem that we're having um, can just be situated, just revert it back into the plant material. But when you hear like wildfires going on in the Amazon. Oh, no, that was just heartbreaking It's like that's summer. just too many trees, you know, that, and you see all the development going on right now, and they oh. just kind of clear-cut everything in order to get down to, uh, you know, to, ground that they can build on and stuff, but it's like we have to replant those trees, and then we have to care for them because it's not just enough now to put a plant in the ground. It's like they all need at least two to three years of good, steady watering in our drought times in order to become more established. Yeah. And even though they're drought-resistant, it doesn't mean they're, that they just can go by with no water because that's the worst thing that we can do for plants. Well, you know, we have become very passive with our watering yep. needs for our trees around here. And I know it's just like you do the containers, you do the annuals, Correct. you know, you do your borders. And we and, don't think of trees. We yeah. Think about the trees, you know, and people let their lawns go dormant, which, again, was a, is another um, environmental thing to do is just not having all those inputs going on the, the lawn in the summertime. But if there's a tree in that lawn, then it has to be watered. That lawn has to be watered for the tree. Well, and if people had the sprinklers, it was probably getting to the borders, which is where they had probably more of their trees and shrubs. Right. And so they completely stop watering. They're not going out there and watering <laughs> the edges that were getting it before, too. So a lot of this is just managing and planning for, for some of these um some of these changes, but it's the extreme swings that I think are the hardest and the most challenging, especially, you know, in your industry, when you're planning and stuff too, it's like, not only do you have to plan for drought, you have to plan for flash flooding. Correct. (laughs) And that's where these extremes are coming in now. You don't get too much rain at some times and then we're not getting enough at all in the other times. And that's why really the number one thing for, doesn't matter if it's drought soils or, you know, our soggier times during the year, the number one thing we can do is protect the soil. I was just going to say, because a healthy soil is, is the most important on that. Yep. And what is that film that I just saw? It's like the Big Little Farm or have you seen I haven't it? seen that one. Oh, it's, um, it talks about like a seven-year cycle when they took over this farm and it would just have been completely drought-ridden in California. If I find it, I'll put it, I'll post a, a link to it on our cool. website. Yeah, but it's it, it it was such a it, soil was it. I mean, yep. it just all got down to the soil, and they said it takes seven years with everything they do for the soil to actually become where it is really malleable and what yep. will really hold it out. And so we hear with all their struggles and all the ups and downs of you know just just be patient. In seven years, it takes seven years for the whole ecosystem to completely develop with all the different you know animals and plants and trees and everything they did on this property. And at the end of seven years, what happened? There was a huge flash flood. Their farm was fine, and all the other farms around them just got completely wiped out, and all their topsoil ran away and that sort of thing, too. So it it really, it's something we need to be patient with, too. But like you say, even, you know, it's the bridge. You may have to water it more in the meantime to get that depth, but the soil is really, really, you know, the key because everything they did on this farm Farm was, was basically so the soil could handle the swings. Right, 
And that's why even with our soils being a little challenging right now, if people can mulch, yeah, put down some mulch over that soil. Like even in our urban environments where the soil might only be a couple inches deep of like okay soil for roots to grow in, the soil will actually build itself and make better soils from the top down if we can just put organic matter on top. So mulching is the number one thing people can do to protect the soils from those hard winter rains and also just kind of shading out the soil for summertime where um, uh, I was I was reading where they said if you could mulch the soil, summertime temperatures could be 90 degrees outside and the soil temperatures are 75. So that's 15 degrees is a huge swing for plants to be able to do what they want to do by keeping that soil uh, environment cooler in the summertime. Well, it's like an insulation. It is. It's insulation <laughs> for year-round. Yeah. So insulation for the winter, yep. but also cooling for the summertime, you know, and, and year-round protecting soil from the harsh rains coming down and uh, uh, just penetrating and, and um, pounding those soils when they're just bare soil. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people don't realize around here, too, how low our... Um, a lot of the root systems are yep. in our trees, and that's why they fall over in the windstorm so much. Correct. Because, you know, out in nature and in our big forests, you know, they're used to so much rainfall, they haven't had to go down that deep. And so it'll be interesting to see if nature's going to, you know, will start working that way, too. It'll, they'll start going a little deeper with, with some of these changes, but... We can't control that very much, but we can control what goes on in our yards, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Take care of the trees we got already. Yeah. Let's see if they can be okay. Yeah. And so as far as, you know, what we can do, you know, for our soil, um, especially this time of year when we've got a lot of natural stuff coming down anyway, yep. Yep. it's like, you know, you might want to break the leaves off of your yarn, your lawn, but don't put them in the in the waste bin. So. Correct. If people can just keep them off, like you said, keep them off the lawn because the It'll suffocate lawns. Yeah. Leaves will suffocate lawns, and they'll die off and thin out over the winter. But keep those leaves in the beds. Just yep. rake them. That's Mother Nature's blanket. Yep. That's what she meant it to do. Um, and I tell people, too, I go, if you leave a couple uh, piles of leaves in your beds, come back, you know, like a, even a month later and peel back those leaves. You'll see the soil's darker. It's more malleable. There's earthworms there There's a lot of white now. stuff green yeah, yeah, my, my, and... yeah, mycelium growing yep. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's like that's what we're looking for is to kickstart yes. the soil um, uh, soil food web by putting good plant material on top of the, the soil surface. Yeah, and that's, that's interesting as far as, you know, I was looking at you know, some of your blogs. Becky, you have some great blogs. Oh, thank Why don't you, you uh, tell everybody your website, too, again? Website is inharmony.com, www.inharmony.com. Yeah, and we also um, will be posting stuff on naturalchoice.net as well. Um, but I thought it was interesting that what you were talking about, the differences from, like, 1994 and what people were talking about back then is uh, to now is the soils chemistry versus biology and yeah. what you're talking about is really biology it's biology because it's life in the soil you yeah know? so and back when i was getting my education in college in the 80s it was all soil chemistry you yeah know? just but, add this yep, or add yep, that or that's just exactly throw right. this yeah but it was the 90s where dr elaine eham down in oregon state actually started um, studying and realize how important this biology is, the bacteria, the funguses, protozoas, nematodes, mm-hmm. earthworms, everything, and what they bring to it. And it really kick-started the, um, uh, the sustainable approach that we're, yes. everyone is doing now because it's like now we're, if we focus in on soils, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, and that's was you know the the whole premise of the big little farm, as they say, and they said it, it actually takes seven yeah. seven years to do that. But hey, if in seven years we can all do that, I think we will. That is going to be a huge impact. We would be okay with that, right? Uh, yeah, instead <laughs> of seven years, years and no water, no pollinators, exactly. yeah, we're in big trouble. Exactly. Well, yeah, talk about the pollinators and some of the other ripple effect that goes on, and even. Um, 
just one of the, you know, before we d- d- jump into the pollinators, I also wanted to talk about the lawns because this is a time of year, too, that's really important to aerate those as well. Correct. If people are into uh, making their lawns better, this is the perfect season for it to aerate right now, throw some seed down to help thicken up the lawn. Mm-hmm. If they really want to do it right when they aerate and open up that soil profile, you put a little bit of compost down mm. into those holes so you're really bringing that light back into our um, our tougher soils and stuff like that. But if people do that, mow correctly this fall time, maybe put down a fall fertilizer here in the next month or so, uh, the lawns really, really get ready for wintertime and then come out in springtime. Uh, yeah, and then, they're, and then they last longer in the summer. Yep. Correct. Yeah, healthier lawn. I yeah. mean, it will last longer. And really, any lawn going dormant means that there's no moisture in its root system. That's its reaction. So as long as people just keep a little bit of moisture on that soil surface for the plants, most lawns will be stay green all summer long. They did this last year. Yeah, and for people that don't want lawns and, you know, they're as probably as an anecdote besides the synthetic lawns, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what they do as far as runoff is, is concerned. I'm not imagining they help much, but is there a good ground covers that you recommend for people that want kind of like no more no maintenance that still that can we, absorb well, runoff? And you bring up something, no maintenance, <clears throat> which has kind of been something that people are going towards. And really we're finding that in gardening, there is no, there's, there's nothing no, set, no maintenance. There's no maintenance. Yeah, I mean, it really you just is. have to vacuum those lawns. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, but really it's gardening, right? I mean, yeah. we shouldn't be thinking about maintenance as like, oh, I got to go out and maintain. It's like, it's gardening. And we are yeah. meant to be with our hands in the exactly. soil. We are meant to grow vegetables. We are meant to be around flowers and trees and shrubs and wildlife. And uh, and so really that makes us whole. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. instead of people going, oh, I want something I don't have to go out and do. It's like, you know what? Let's create something out there that when you go out, you enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's bringing you something back to you instead of thinking that you're just, you know, if you want no maintenance, put in concrete and silk flowers. You yeah. know what I mean? But <laughs> like really, we want plant material that grows and then reacts to us and stuff like that. We're Let the world to... know how lazy you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's from afar. <laughs> Green concrete. <laughs> I don't want to shame anybody out there. Just saying. <laughs> but it is. I mean, when you walk by somebody's, you know, yard or whatnot, and you see things that are flourishing and they're they're lush, you know, it makes people feel good around you, yes, too. Yes, it does. So it is yes, something it that benefits everybody. Yes. Communities, neighborhoods, yeah. our own personal lives. Yeah. So uh, back to the the pollinators and some of the um, other kind of ramifications that people don't necessarily think about firsthand when they're, you know, you see this climate change. But it really does affect the pollinators as well as pests and disease. Correct. And I think, you know, we've already seen or already heard about all the um, pressures on like the bee populations and everything with, you know, the the uh, colony decline and stuff like that. Not sure exactly what those things to be are, are causing these things, but we do know that we have to do whatever's in our power to take care of the pollinators, you know. We'll lose our fruit trees. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Or, or 95% and of the food we eat has been pollinated by, by bees. So they yeah. say that if we don't have bees within three years, there will not be food for, for the rest of us. So That's we pre- have to take care of them. pretty high up on the importance. Yep, correct. Yeah. So we A is not using pesticides as exactly. much as possible so yeah. we can maintain their uh, uh, livelihood. Well, at also, least, at least, the, at least, people hopefully are not using Roundup anymore now that there's enough out in the news that can't be you, <laughs> disputed. I mean, right. I think that was a really big turning point. Well, and I think that most people should realize too that when these chemicals are put on the market, the EPA never says any of them are safe. That's against federal law to say safe. Mm-hmm. All they're saying is that risks are outweighed by some benefits. You know what I mean? But there's still risks involved. 
Um, but all of these pesticides are riskful. So it's just like to not use them at all is the best benefit because yep. then we're not putting anything at risk because of how they're misused or just getting in our waterways and stuff. So Well, and when you use the natural chemistry, it's just like, like with the human body to let it go into homostasis and it, it, it heals itself Correct. better than having these harmful, you know, these pharmaceuticals that Correct. might help it have adverse side effects just like. You Correct. Know, That's what it's the, the off-target or the the side effects. That it's like you hear yeah. some of the commercials and the side effects sound worse than what the the. Yeah. thing they're trying to cure is. You exactly, know I mean? and that's <laughs> not a whole lot different than what people put on their lawns Correct. and their roofs of their houses Correct. and all that sort of thing. So it's a really good way to think of it, you know, holistically and think of it as a living, breathing environment. I mean, the earth is living and breathing and you want to feed it. Yes, and know? be good to it. And be right? good because to it, Because yeah. if it we're not good to it and it's not good to us, we're in big trouble. Well, and it gives back. Yes, correct. So quickly correct. when you treat it well. I mean, uh, the, and there's nothing to me more satisfying, you know, as far as being a gardener and getting out there. And if you want to see something, you know, kind of emerge before you or flourish, it's like, wow. And it's like, oh, look what I made grow, even though I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, good vibrations. I'm pretty yeah. sure they feed off of that, too. They they like us. They like us. They want to make us happy. But, uh, you know, so it just shows you innately, you know, you know you did have some bit to do with it <laughs> but it's just kind of nice to see something as i say a beautiful emerge and there's you know just like planting something seeing it flower seeing it bloom see it produce fruit yeah is is wonderfully satisfied and, it really you know, is whether you want to take how much credit you want to take for it <laughs> <laughs> mother nature knows best exactly so she'll, she'll get you and uh and then the streams and the lakes what happens there too is huge as well well and again um with these storms that we're seeing with all the um uh, the amount of rain that comes out of the sky and stuff, our number one problem in the Pacific Northwest for pollution is stormwater runoff. Yeah. All stormwater runoff is rain that collects oils and greases and pesticides and everything else off of our urban environment and just flows it straight down into the lowest body of water. So big challenges. So again, yeah. mulching slows down that water, yep. lets it spread out and sink down. Anything Where the earth gardens. can actually take yep. care of those toxins right. and the mycelium and, the, and that sort of thing too. That's exactly well, right. Well, this time just flew by, so we're going to have to go off for our, our last break and we'll be back with some parting thoughts. Wouldn't you like to cut 40 to 60% off your heating and cooling bills? Ground Source Energy Northwest can help. Utilizing geothermal energy systems, you can save by harnessing the sun's free energy from the ground around you. You can even get up to a 30% tax credit as well. Call Ground Source Energy Northwest today to get your free no-obligation analysis. Don't forget to ask about their green energy-efficient programs. Start saving now. Call 425-941-2476 or go to naturalchoice.net keyword search Ground Source Energy. Extend your living space into nature. Living Earth Landscapes specializes in creating innovative landscapes and garden spaces, including native, low-maintenance, and edible gardens. As our name implies, Living Earth uses an environmentally friendly approach to landscaping design and maintenance. To bring Living Earth to your home, call 425-882-2930 or go to naturalchoice.net. Keyword search, Living Earth.
Need it fast? Need it healthy? You have to give Tatanka's Takeout Bison Specials a try. Tatanka's Bison are organically raised and grass-fed. The meat has more protein but less fat, calories, or cholesterol than any other meat. Tatanka also has a large vegetarian selection, chicken dishes, and desserts. Find out more about America's original health food. Call Tatanka at 253-752-8778 or go to naturalchoice.net, keyword search, Tatanka. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. This is Dr. Karen Hurley with Bastyr Centers for Natural Health in Seattle. And you are listening to the Natural Choice Network on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. And, and something I like to say here a lot, too, is, you know, you know, don't don't, you know, kind of argue or criticize or blame unless you're taking some sort of an action. Correct. I agree 100%. (laughs) And so with climate change, especially, I mean, there is absolutely something everybody can do. So on that note, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I think there's (laughs) three simple things that people can do to make changes for climate change, but also for environments is, uh, one, again, trees, planting Mm -hmm. more trees and then taking care of those trees correctly, not pruning them. I mean, malpruning them, not topping them to make them smaller plant trees so they can be exactly what they want to do. Um, and then watering. Watering is going we're going to see now is that it has to be every season we make decisions on whether to water or not. And most seasons we are going to have to put some extra water out there to make sure all these plants are going to be okay. And then mulching, mulch, 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 arborist chips, composted uh, barks, compost, anything that's going to add organic matter and life to that soil makes those soils better over a short period of time. Hopefully it might not take seven years like the farm, but if we can put something down on top of it, we'll see big Oh, changes. you should see what they started with at the farm. I mean, yeah, you couldn't, you'd break your, you break a, I mean, they were breaking hose, breaking shovels, you know, that you couldn't. Yeah. And that's like <laughs> most of our urban environment soils, you know what I mean? If someone tried to plant something, it's like getting a jackhammer out, so. Well, that'll yeah. happen, and it almost happened in the last five years, right. so, I mean, but around here, we should be able to do it in two. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're Seattle after all, right? Yeah, we're Seattle. We got enough rain. We got enough resources. There's no excuse. And your website again, where you have a host of great information. And, and, you know, you know, if anyone's designing a garden, keeping all these things in mind, it's a really good time to talk to somebody like you that really knows how to coordinate everything together. Thank you. We build beautiful landscapes. uh, www.inharmony.com. Um, we have blogs on there. We have videos on there. We talk about Great watering. Topics. Very plants, informative. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Please check it out. Tons of stuff. And you can also just keyword search in harmony at naturalchoice.net. Well, thank you so much for joining us again thank today, Thank you, lad. Martha. I've had a great time. I know. It's like, do we talk fast enough when we get together? <laughs> and thanks to all of our listeners for choosing to join us, too. As you know, our choices create our experiences, and collectively, our experiences create our community. So online, on air, and in print. Thank you for making the natural choice. <laughs>